0: Let me give you one last opportunity to stand tonight, all right? right, Second Chronicles chapter number 9. Amen. Well, I didn't really mean for this to, to be a series, but I think the Lord had different plans. And, uh, and as, I, as I got to thinking about the gifts of the Spirit, this is just not something that we need to rush through. I think we need to sort of take our time and slow down just a little bit uh, and, and know what we believe on this. And so, anyway... And Brother Allen, can you give me a little bit more monitor up here tonight? 2 Chronicles chapter 9, look at verse number 1. I know we've read these verses several times, but let's read them again tonight. And I want to draw just a few new remarks from these verses tonight, if I could, and then we'll review just for a few moments get into some brand new material tonight. Uh, 2 Chronicles 9, verse 1. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company. And camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, his cupbearers also and their apparel... And his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their words until until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men and happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne, to be king for the Lord thy God because thy God loved Israel, to establish them forever. Therefore made he thee king over them to do judgment and justice. And then verse 9 is our text. And this is really where this series was birthed from. Verse number 9 And the Bible says, and she gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices great abundance and precious stones. And the last part of the verse says, neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. And we notice that the queen gave to the king something that nobody else could give him. She gave him something very, very unique that only she could give. And and that's where this idea of my gift to God comes came from and and so but we're going to progress from that into the gifts of the spirit tonight and so you may be seated and we'll have a word of prayer and jump right into the Bible study tonight we'll put a couple things up on the screen tonight and you can uh, you jot a few things down if you want to take some notes we'll give you some good verses tonight that you can jot down and go back and study yourself which is always a good thing to do and so let's pray tonight father thank you for uh, the word of God and thank you for the opportunity to be able to come tonight and study the Bible. And Heavenly Father, I pray now that you'll uh, anoint us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd clear the way for us to be able to learn the Bible. I know we're cumbered about many things tonight. Uh, we're thinking about, uh, Lord, that one other thing we should have gotten done, or, or uh, Lord, it could be many things. Maybe we're, we haven't eaten supper yet. We're thinking about what are we going to prepare tonight when we get home. or, uh, Lord, I, I pray, though, that just for a few minutes that you'll help us to focus our attention (coughs) on Jesus and on his word tonight. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that what we say will make sense. But also, Heavenly Father, I pray to be interesting. And I pray that you'll give us what we need to be able to, to pay attention. So help us now, please. For Jesus' sake, we pray. And in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we notice here that the Queen of Sheba brought gifts to the king. But we also notice that the king was very careful to endow the queen with certain gifts. And that that that's what caught my attention uh, as we started on my gift to the king. Well, we noticed that the king also gave to the queen many, many things. And uh, and I began to think about that a little bit. Now, notice this tonight. just wanted to draw this to your attention. We noticed that the gifts that the queen received from the king she took back home with her to her own country. Did y'all see that? Look, if you will, at verse number 12. The Bible says, And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire whatsoever she asked beside that which she had brought unto the king. So she turned when she got these gifts, she received these gifts. So she turned and went away to her own land, she and her servants. And so as soon as she received those gifts... She turned around and went back to her people. Now, don't forget what we've said many, many times, that this is an Old Testament illustration of a New Testament truth. Did you know that when God gives you gifts, they're for the purpose of helping other people? Uh, They're never for the purpose of being able to show off your spirituality. And I really believe that's what the Apostle Paul was addressing in the book of 1 Corinthians. The church Became consumed with spiritual gifts, and the apostle Paul, and of course the the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write that letter to the Corinthian church and Paul had to come in and say listen listen let 's get let 's put things in perspective here. These gifts are for the purpose of edifying the church. these gifts are not so you can come in the church and show off and try to uh, you know uh, be a commercial that you 're so spiritual and so always understand that whenever God gives you a spiritual gift, and all of you have a gift, some, some type of a gift, When God gives you a spiritual gift, it's to edify. Uh, Romans chapter 15 verse 2 says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 3, But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to, to edification and exhortation and comfort. And so all the gifts that you and I have tonight are not so we can show off, but so we can be a blessing to others. Now we said several things last week in the service number one we said the queen was given what she asked for and I had never really thought about that a whole lot but uh, the Bible says in verse number 12 and the king Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire whatsoever she asked I don't know what gift she asked for but evidently she asked and the king gave her what she asked Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 says ask and it shall be given you James chapter one, verse five says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And then I found this verse this week in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number one, Paul said, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. And so, you know, we ought to pray, God, give me everything you give me so I can serve you better and bring more glory to you. And so I can be more of a blessing to your church. We said number two, that there was no shortage of gifts that the king could give. Uh, When you go to the Lord and say, "God, give me," you know, listen. Do you know God? uh, God's got plenty to give. I mean he's got plenty to give And that was an interesting study last week And I'm not going to go back there We don't have time But uh, there was no shortage of gifts That the king could give And then number three we said this Solomon's main gift before any other Was wisdom And we saw that in 2 Chronicles chapter 9 And verse number 22 and verse number 23 The Bible says And King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth In riches and wisdom And verse 23 says And all the kings of the earth Sought the presence of Solomon To hear his wisdom That God had put in his heart And so before you get really consumed With a spiritual gift Let me tell you what you need first You need wisdom And I need wisdom And we need wisdom to know how to use Those spiritual gifts To the good of the church And to the glory of God Now what are the spiritual gifts that, the, that God is able to give, that our king is able to give. Well, turn over to Romans chapter 12 tonight, if you will. Romans chapter 12, we put a few verses on the screen, but look at Romans chapter 12, and let's read and find out what the Bible has to say about uh, spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12, and look with me, if you will, please, to verse number three. The Bible says there, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. There's that thought we gave you just a while ago. We're not, we're not given a gift so we show off. We're given a gift to be a blessing. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. Now watch very closely. Having then gifts differing, is good and so these are some of the gifts that God gives to the body of Christ. Now, last week we covered this first one. It was the gift of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. Just hit this and I'll go go right on tonight. But I want to say uh, I want to say just a little bit more about the gift of prophecy tonight. Now, what is the gift of prophecy? And we said defined it means this: a discourse emanating from divine inspiration. And declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked or comforting the afflicted or revealing hidden things or things hidden, by foretelling future events. Now, we, we talked a little while last week on how we really no longer need that Old Testament gift of prophecy, but thank God we have the New Testament gift of prophecy. And we said that prophecy would be would definitely be preaching. It would be uh, uh, the uh, the idea of public speaking, preaching, declaring the purposes of God, and some are really gifted at doing that, at declaring the purposes of God. Uh, it, it may not be behind a pastor's pulpit. It may be. But uh, it could be that you're declaring the purposes of God In a nursing home It could be that you're declaring the purposes of God uh, uh, To prison inmates at a jail ministry Or maybe on a church bus route Or a children's church But we also said this that, that prophecy is the ability to speak in such a way That it comforts those who are afflicted Now, that's a little bit of review tonight But let, let's get on to some new, some new things tonight I want you to notice if you will, verse number six. And I want to talk to you just a little bit, just a little bit more. We're going to get into another gift in just a moment. But I'm going to talk to you just a little bit more about this subject of prophecy. Notice verse six. The Bible says, having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, and you'll notice there's a comma. And it says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And I want to draw our attention to that statement tonight according to the proportion of faith people with the gift of prophecy should use it proportionally now the word proportionally there is really a math term and uh, and it means this as people grow in faith they ought to use this gift more and more They should be given more opportunity to exercise their gift as they grow in faith. And so I said that to say this, if you're here tonight and you're younger in the Lord and you feel like that God has given you the gift of prophecy, I just want to say this, if you'll be faithful to the Lord, your time will come. Did you know that God knows your number and address and knows where you live? And, and uh, you know, somebody says, I just don't feel like God's using me like I, I want him to use me. Well, then you do everything that you know to do and you let God take care of the rest. And, uh, and it will come in time. You know, we were taught as young preachers, and I'm thankful for this heritage. We were taught as young preachers in Bible college that if you want to preach later, be willing to sweep now. And, uh, man, we came up, man, and, and uh, we had uh, guys that were, had been in the ministry for many, many years. And I'll never forget, Brother Roger Castile used to preach to us. And he'd say, you boys want to preach one day. He said, you know what you need to do right now while you're, while you're training to preach? He said, you need to learn how to pick up a broom and sweep. He said, you need to learn how to serve if you're going to be a preacher. And before you ever stand in the pulpit, you ought to first be willing to serve. Prophecy and preaching and pastoring is most often a call to servant leadership. And how many know this, that God blesses those, are you listening? God blesses those that have a servant's heart. He always does, always does. Uh, You may not have your name on the door. You may not have your placard on the desk or whatever the case may be. uh, But I'm telling you, if you'll just have a servant's heart, God Always blesses those who serve. In fact, Jesus said, "Man, uh, those that serve are chief." I mean, that's that's really what it's all about—is serving. And we know that the Lord taught that with a great example as he uh, as he was having a meal with his disciples. The Bible says he took off his garments and he put a towel around him and he began to wash their feet. What was he doing? He was trying to teach them that man, the servants greatest, and you need to learn how to how to have a spirit of humility and and be uh, be a servant. I thought about that story. Dr. R.A. Torrey, the great Dr. R.A. Tory, Who was the president of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois And after, uh, after D.L. Moody passed away uh, Dr. Torrey uh, took that church for a while And was the pastor of the Moody Memorial Church in Chicago Some of our people have been there, we've been there And it's a beautiful place, we've been inside Right there where Dale Moody uh, used to preach And it's, it's awesome, I mean just it's great uh, and uh, but dr tory was a great man wrote several books he was the pastor of the the open door uh, the church of the open door in los angeles california for uh, for a while and just a great uh, just a great man of god and dr tory had been preaching had been very very busy preaching away and he came back to the college one day and he just came in from out of town and he hadn't had a chance to get, get his clothes cleaned, and, and he had several suits and some laundry, dirty laundry, and he just said to one of the young men there in the college, uh, he, said, he said, son, he said, I, I've been preaching, and he said, I haven't had a chance to, to go to the, the laundry, and he said, he said, would you mind taking my laundry to the cleaners? And this young preacher boy, this young ministerial student said, I didn't come to Bible college to be an errand boy. Well, there was another young man in that office who was also a student at Moody Bible Institute. His name was James Gray, and James Gray heard that conversation, and he went to R. A. Tory and he said, "Mr. Tory, he said I'd count it an honor to take your man. I got chills just thinking about that. He said I'd count it an honor just to take your laundry to the to the your dirty clothes to the laundry. By the way." Did you know that when Dr. R.A. Torrey resigned as the president of Moody Bible Institute, guess who became the next president? James Gray. You know why? Because, buddy, God's keeping a record. (laughs) Oh yes, oh yes, I'm feeling better and better about this message all the time. God's keeping a record. Listen, your may not, may not, may not name may not be in the sword of the Lord or the revival fires, and your name may not be on a marquee somewhere. Or, uh, but I'm gonna, I'm just telling you, brother, there is a God, and God's keeping a record, and God knows what's going on. And you may be here at this church, and nobody knows what you're doing. You may be here late at night, man. You're practicing a song, or you may be here late at night, and and you're vacuuming a floor, and you think, "Man, nobody knows." I'm uh, cleaning a, cleaning a bus, uh, getting it ready for Sunday, or or whatever the case may be. You you maybe you go to the nursing home to visit, not on a day when the when the nursing home is there to to, to minister, and nobody knows you're there. And uh, you'll say, "Nobody will ever know. Nobody may ever know." But I want to tell you what: there is somebody who knows, and the one who knows is the one who really needs to know, and the one who knows is the one you really need to be concerned about. And God is keeping a record. And so, oh, listen, if God's giving you the gift of prophecy, listen, you just keep on serving and having a servant's heart and a servant's spirit, and God is able to promote you. Amen. Yes. It would have been worth us just come hear that tonight. Now, let's go a little further tonight. Not only the gift of prophecy, but I like this next one. Number two is the gift of ministry. Now, let's look back at our Bibles again Look at verse number 6 He said having then gifts differing according to the grace as given to us Whether prophecy let us prophesy According to the proportion of faith Now look at verse 7 He said or ministry Ministry Let us wait on our ministering That's a wonderful word It really is The word ministry is the Greek word Diakonia, diakonia. And it means this It means attendance uh, attendance to, and you'll notice, by the way, to, I'm in, even in, in the outline, I just noticed this. Look at verse 7. He said, or ministry, let us, what's the next word? Wait. wait, let us wait. Now, when he says wait, that's not necessarily the idea of you waiting, waiting for somebody to come. It's the idea of somebody who waits, a waiter, a waitress. Somebody comes out, fills your cup. Somebody comes out and... Uh, 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 Brings you a napkin Somebody uh, comes out and waits on you He says or ministry Let us wait on our ministering The word wait there means attendance It means service It means aid Being an aid And those who exercise their gift of ministry Efficiently Usually what happens is God usually blesses them And takes them on to a new level of service and I forgot to put this verse up there, so I, I, let me put that up there. Let me show you an example. Those folks who just say, you know what, Lord, you've given me the gift of ministry. You've given me the gift of service. You've given me that gift of being an aid. And those folks who, who use that gift efficiently, isn't it amazing how God usually comes along and promotes them to a new level? Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. And in Numbers chapter 11, we read about the greatest, one of the greatest military leaders that's ever lived. In fact, and we may go to Joshua here in just a minute, but in fact, they tell us that to this day that uh, West Point University, West Point still uses the book of Joshua as one of their books there to train the cadets there at West Point. Now, uh, in Numbers chapter 11, we read of the great general Joshua. But I want you to notice some, church, that's not how the Bible lists Joshua. Look at Numbers 11, verse 28. The Bible says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, look at this next phrase, the servant, Of Moses One of his young men answered and said My Lord Moses forbid them Now I want you to turn over to Joshua chapter 1 And look if you will at verse number 1 tonight Joshua chapter 1 And verse number 1 And look what the Bible says about this great leader Joshua The Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 Now after the death of Moses The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the great leader of the Israelites. Is that what your King James Bible says? No, it doesn't. It says, the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses is what? Minister. Moses is minister. In other words, Joshua was that man that just, you know what, he just just stayed with Moses. And uh, he was just always there. Whatever Moses needed, man, he was just there. Uh, Moses, you need me to carry this? I'll carry that. Uh, Moses, you need me to do this? I'll do that. Moses, you need me to take this word? I'll take that. But notice this. Because Joshua exercised his gift of ministry, we notice that God promoted Joshua to a great, place of leadership now turn back a few pages and look at Deuteronomy chapter 34 or maybe just a page Deuteronomy chapter 34 and look at verse number 9 now here's this young man that just ministered and aided and attended and uh, he was just that that helper to Moses and he was in his place and doing what he was supposed to be doing And uh, but wait a minute God's keeping a record and notice what happens in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse number 9 The Bible says in Joshua, the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. Look at this. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him. Who? Unto Joshua. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Listen, did you know that Joshua became the next great leader of the Israelites? Did you know some scholars say that the Israelites, maybe there was possibly 3 million, 3 million, no cell phones, no walkie-talkies. Man, they, they had uh, no uh, no emails, no texting. <laughs> well, it was probably a good day back then, wasn't it? And uh, But yet Joshua was able to successfully lead this group of people into the promised land Why? I'll tell you one of the reasons Because Joshua was that servant Man, he was just that servant And just aiding Moses And God was keeping a record And God took Joshua to a new level of effectiveness Now let me show you another illustration real quickly I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 2 2 Kings chapter 2 What a great story we read of another young man by the name of Elisha. Elisha. Now somebody says, Preacher Elisha. Yeah, Elisha. Man, he was that great prophet of God that God blessed in a great way. And that's true later down the road. He was that great prophet of God. I'll say more about that in just a moment. But I want you to notice that Elisha exhibited a, a great spirit of servitude toward the old man of God, Elijah. Elijah. Look at verse number one, Second Kings chapter two, verse one. The Bible says that it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. So here's the old preacher and the young preacher. The old man of God and, and the ministerial student, if you will, that's coming up. Verse two, and Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry, here I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel, verse 3. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord, and I love this part, and I've got this underlined, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy, what's the word? You know what? Elisha had a reputation. He was a servant. And Elijah was his master. They said, Know that the Lord's going to take away thy master from my head today. And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, "Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho." And he said, "As the Lord liveth, and as I soul liveth, I will not leave thee." So they came to Jericho. Verse five. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho, that sons of the prophets, that uh, would be like our Bible college students today, and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, "Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today?" And he answered, "Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace." And Elijah, here, here we go again. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. In other words, you know what Elisha said? Elisha said, Elijah, where you're at, that's where I'm going to be. Amen. And what you need, I'm going to fulfill it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I may, not be, I may not be the prophet. I may not be the big prophet on the scene right now. But you know what? God's called me just to be an aide. God's called me just to be a minister. I tell you what, brother, I like this tonight. Yes, sir? And this is the kind of preaching that I got when I was in Bible college right here. Man, just you know what? I don't have to be the head hog in the trough. Just give me a job to do. And uh, and Elijah, you need me to carry something. You need me to carry your water pail. Uh, Lord, uh, Elijah, need me to carry your mantle. Uh, Elijah, just tell me what you need me to do. And uh, uh, you're going to Jericho. I'll go. I'll go with you to Jericho. I'll build the campfire. I'll cook the meal. Uh, I'll make sure you've got something to drink. And uh, and Elisha was that uh, was that servant. He exercised his gift of ministry well. Now wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. guess what? God's keeping a record God's keeping a record. Did you know that when the old man of God went to heaven by way of a whirlwind, the Bible says his mantle fell and that mantle ended up, not on the sons of the prophets that viewed afar off. The Bible says they viewed afar off. His mantle ended up on Elisha. By the way, did you know the Bible says that God gave Elisha a double portion of what he gave to Elijah? Now, Elijah was a great man of God. But did you know that Elisha done twice the miracles that Elijah did? Now, you say, preacher, what's your point? My point is this. Boy, he exercised that gift of of ministry. Uh, When the Bible mentions the gift of ministry, It's the idea Again let me just Let me help you tonight I know this is teaching But sometimes we need teaching When the Bible mentions The gift of ministry It's the idea of the office Of the deacon In the church That's sort of where that That idea in the New Testament Comes from But it goes a little further than that It also means The service of those Who prepare And present food and uh, and when I first read that, I thought, what, "What what's the Bible trying to say here? The implication is this. The Christian who has the gift of ministry, and some of you have it, if you have the gift of ministry, you've been given an amazing capacity to serve. That's, that's your gift. By the way, don't think that's a small thing. Because everybody doesn't have that gift. And so God, if God has given you the gift of ministry, that's huge, man, because not everybody can minister like an Elisha. Not everybody can minister like a Joshua. And so, uh, so it's that amazing capacity to serve. But it goes a little further than that. Those that have the gift of ministry don't simply serve, but they serve with exemplary service. You know what I believe? If God gives you the gift of ministry, and you serve, we won't have to worry about you getting the job done. We won't have to check up after you. We won't have to micromanage (laughs) and all of our all of our boss men here tonight, and our uh, business owners, saying, "Oh God, give my employees the gift of ministry," and uh, you know we don't have to go behind them, and we're constantly having to check behind them, and we're constantly have to remind them we got to have this done by this time. We, we got to be there. We got to do this. We, we 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 made a commitment. And uh, listen, those who've been given the gift of ministry, they they get the job done, and then they I wrote this down, and they serve with an incredible attitude. It's not. You know, woe is me. Why do I have to do this? Man, they're just glad to do it. Man, just, just glad. Just give it to me. I mean, sock it to me. Give me something to do. And man, they're just, they're just glad to serve. This is the Christian who has a, who, whom God has given a, a genuine servant's heart. They have an amazing desire to be a helper. They have an amazing desire to be an assister. Now, I believe this. And some of you, God's given you multiple gifts. I believe God, I believe this, I believe that God, I do believe God has given me the gift of prophecy. Boy, I'm still practicing. Well, I hope God helps me to get better. But I really do think this, I think God's given me the gift of ministry. You know why? I don't have to be the head honcho. Man, just give me something to do. I mean, if we're doing something around the church, just give me a broom. Man, I can sweep. If I can't do anything else, I can sweep, brother. Yeah, come on, I'm a good sweeper. And I know how to use that broom. And uh, and I don't mind. I mean, that's fine. Just you just I, you know what? I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. I don't have to. I don't have to be the one that's always leading. I don't have to always be the chief. You know what? I don't mind getting in there and just getting my hands dirty and and being willing to serve. Some of you have that. You have that gift. That gift of ministry. That that gift of ministry. Now, there's a number of you. I think, about, I think about Brother Donnie down here. Brother Donnie, you got it. I believe you got that gift, brother. I really do. I, I do. Brother Donnie gives so many people in our church a hard time. Amen. And so many of our people give him a hard time back. Amen. One thing about Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie, just, he's like, Preacher, what do you need? Preacher, what do you need? Uh, and Or or I'll, I'll go to Brother Donnie and I'll say, Brother Donnie, could you do this? Yes, sir, I'll do it. I mean, just yeah. I mean, no hesitation. Just, and sometimes I had to say, "Well, let me tell you what I need you. Well, that's all. Right. What do you need? I'll do it. You don't have to tell me. I'll do it." Right. Right. Now, you know what that is? That's that gift. That's that gift of ministry. And and on and on, we go on and on and on. I think about Brother Ricky. Same way, Brother Ricky, you'll come and say, "Preach what do you need. Preach what do you need? Preach what you need anything today? What do you need? You need this, and, and I'll, I'll say, Brother, can you? Do that? Yep, go do it. I mean, just you know what that that gift of ministry. But wait, it goes a little further than that. I thought about Miss Sue. I believe Miss Sue's got that gift. Miss Odessa, Miss Ms. Odessa is not here but I thought about Miss Odessa. And so many others of you ladies. It's that gift of, of being willing. You know, we, we're having a, a, some kind of an event in the church, and we need a, a potluck or we need a covered dish, and you ladies, man, right. y'all don't just do a covered dish. I mean, it's like a meal fit for a king. Now, wait a minute now. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can do that. I can do a pretty good fried egg, you know, or I, you know, I can do some toast halfway decent, but I can't do, you know, what some of these other ladies do. And then you and you prepare it, and then you present it really nice. And now, what is that? That's that's that gift of ministry. And we could go on and on and on. And so many of you in our church, so many of you have, I believe, you have the gift of ministry. You know what I believe? And I don't think she's up here tonight. I think my little redhead's downstairs. There's not a doubt. This little gal at the piano has the gift of ministry. Amen. She is not good. And and uh, and some preachers think that's a real negative. She's not good in public. And we go to we go to marriage retreats and uh, churches will call them was come to a marriage retreat and they'll say, "Pastor, can your wife speak to the ladies?" I'll say, "Brother, probably not. She's just this is not her thing. It's not her gift." And it it's not and uh, it's just not her, uh, she doesn't, she, she has not one ounce of desire to be up here in front of the crowd. Right. It makes her nervous, she gets tongue tied, her hands get all, now that's not always an excuse by the way. You know, some of you, some of you, God's given you the gift of prophecy and don't let nervousness keep you from doing it. Right. But, but, you know, but I said that to say this, you know where Miss Tammy's at her finest? Behind the scenes. Man, she just nobody there. She just backed, You know, I said, honey, I need you to do, do something. I mean, and by the way, did you know I don't have to worry? I don't have to fret. If I asked her to do it, it's going to get done. Come hell or high water, brother, I'm telling you, it don't matter. If the creek rises, it's going to get done. She'll get a canoe and go over the creek. I mean, it don't matter. I mean, she'll, I mean, brothers, whatever it takes. Now, wait a minute now. What are you saying? That's that gift of ministry. And let let me challenge us tonight. Be careful about desiring a title or a place of position. Now, if God wants to give that to you, he may. But if you just desire that, that's all you desire, that's that's dangerous. And so be careful about desiring that that place of position. I love this. John Maxwell, and I, I, I caught this statement he made the other day, He said this, he said, God doesn't always give every person their own individual dream. But he sometimes burdens others and gives others to help someone else accomplish their dream. Wow. I heard that statement. I thought, man, I never thought about that. That's so true. That gift of ministry. Now, wait a minute now. Now, Billy Sunday was one of the most notable evangelists that has ever lived in America. There's only just a few that could say that one million souls were saved under their ministry. Billy Sunday was one of them. There's not very many videos out there, but there's a few. You can go online and you can watch the great Billy Sunday preach for just a few minutes. Billy Sunday, great evangelist. They said he averaged three miles in one sermon. He was a baseball player run back and forth across the platform, bust chairs, slide like he was sliding into first base. I mean, uh, listen, uh, listen. He was, uh, I mean, preached prohibition and preach against alcohol. And they said when Billy Sunday came to town and they were having a crusade that the bartenders and the saloons uh, so feared Billy Sunday that they would close up the saloon while the crusade was going on. Oh, yes. Give us that again, Lord, in America. But wait a minute. The great Billy Sunday was not always the great Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was a baseball player. played baseball, professional baseball uh, uh, for, uh, for several teams, but for the White Sox, and, and they were called the White Stockings at the time, the Chicago White Stockings. And he played baseball, professional baseball, for eight years. But one night, somebody invited him to a service at Pacific Garden Mission. Some of our folks have been there. And Billy Sunday went to Pacific Garden Mission, baseball player, professional baseball player. And he heard the gospel And Billy Sunday got born again and Billy Sunday left Now watch this now He left his baseball career And began to travel With a well known evangelist By the name of J. Wilbur Chapman and, and, and Brother Chapman was holding meetings All over not only America But over in Europe And J. Wilbur Chapman hired Billy Sunday as what they call An advance man And Billy Sunday's job was to go ahead of the team and to set up arrangements and to set up, uh, you know, to handle publicity for the meeting. That's what he did. Just whatever needed to be done. Set up the tent and uh, make sure that the meeting got promoted. He was just that, he had that gift of ministry. Nobody knew who Billy Sunday was. But he was just there. What do you need, Mr. Chapman? What do you need, preacher? And man, he just... Uh, Just exercise that gift of ministry But wait a minute When J. Wilbur Chapman retired Guess who he gave that ministry to? Yeah, William Ashley Sunday And Billy Sunday became even more well known Than J. Wilbur Chapman Over a million souls saved in his ministry Now what's your point? My point is this gift of ministry It's a wonderful thing. And God can use it in an amazing way. Man, if I was here tonight, you know what I think I'd say? Lord, give me that gift of ministry. If I don't have it, I want it. God, give me that gift of ministry and use me. And boy, these gifts are exciting. Now, I know we're going slow and and maybe we haven't got to your gift yet. You just hang in there. We're going to get there. And, uh, and if you say we're well, preacher, I don't know what my gift is Well hang with me And maybe you'll know what your gift is Before we're done Alright and, uh, and if you don't know Here's what you need to start praying Lord show me what, what my gift is God give me gifts and Show me what my gift is And then you start using that gift For the glory of God Let's bow our heads tonight Every head bowed Every eye closed And I want to ask a couple questions And uh, first of all How many are here tonight And you'd say, Pastor, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I am saved. And if you can honestly say that tonight, would you slip your hand up? you say, Pastor, I know that I am saved tonight. All right? Okay. Let me ask you this then. I wonder how many may be here tonight. And you'd say, Preacher, I could not raise my hand. And if I died tonight, I'm not really sure that I'd go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. And you'd slip your hand up right now. Is there one like that anywhere? Come on, be honest. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and try to get you down, uh, drag you down an aisle. But you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. If I died, I'm really not sure I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere? Can I pray for you? Can I just lift you up to the Lord tonight? Is there one anywhere? All right. Well, I'll tell you what let's do, church. Let's all stand tonight, if you will. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And while the pianist plays, it could be tonight that somebody just needs to tiptoe down to this altar and say, Lord, help me to exercise my gift. God, show me what what my gift is. And then I pray that you'll help me to use it to the best of my ability to bring honor and glory to you. We're going to pause just for a moment. And if you need to come, it could be... The Lord's dealt with your heart tonight about something that I didn't even preach on tonight. And if you need to come, the altar's open. You come tonight while we wait. We're not going to take a long time, but we're going to pause. And so you, you let go and let God have His way. Will you come? Maybe God dealt with your heart tonight about being a servant, about having a servant's heart. What about it? Will you come while we wait?